To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode is also brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for the all-new dark roast coffee. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, folks, open an account today with Weeble, and with just a $100 deposit, you'll get four free stocks. And if you refer a friend, you'll get two more. Such a simple way to start a portfolio with the power of a desktop, tablet, or cell phone. With Weeble, you'll get zero commission fees, access to pre-market trading, and in-depth analytical tools for more advanced users. If you want to support this program, go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the Weeble banner in the contact section. That way, I'll get free stocks, and you'll get free stocks. Now, that's something most of us can agree on. Terms and conditions do apply. See Weeble.com for more information. Thank you to Weeble, and please trade responsibly. So they're generally hitting the Moscato, too, because they need something sweet in their lives because their husband is f***ing sour. That ring on your finger? Some pygmy died digging that out of a f***ing hole for you to say, I do, and ruin some guys like, yeah, look at that dude. He's got a hernia shaped like a bag of f***ing pretzels that he just ate. You're going to Thailand? You're going to smash some dude. Going over there for guy time, but it's not with his buddy. What does it say on the bottle? Well, if it says that on the bottle, why did you put it on your head? All these actors did was shut their mouths. Because they didn't want to be run out of Hollywood. Now a bad batch of Chinese food has you blowing insurance premiums on vitamin f***ing D. Really too much. <laughs> That's what we're I'm going telling Philmar, really, John? Really? We can't do this anymore, auntie. I'll see you at the bar mitzvah. It's almost like it never existed. But it f***ing did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself. Stay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here from the sandbox. Like, subscribe. That's really not a sandbox right now. Right now, it's just a freaking snow mine. We got crushed this past day, and we're going to get, like, another rainstorm. It's just going to be an absolute shit show here. But, whatever. There's some sand out there somewhere under the snow. In the meantime, you can like, subscribe, share, donate, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Uh, find me, uh, where can you find me? You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, facebook.com slash POS sarcasm, or if you just want to be my friend, you can go to facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. You can find me on some of the other apps, YouTube, positive sarcasm, positive sarcasm podcast, and of course the all new positive sarcasm reactions, which, hey, you know what? We're closing in on 100 subscribers over there. It's pretty cool. I'm having fun. Make a couple of them a week. Trying out new music. Enjoying in, enjoying it. Just you're having fun. Uh, the vast majority of people like to see me having fun. They like my attitude towards the music. And um, it just keeps growing. I respond to people. They recommend music. I go and look at it. And, you know, we kind of – we have a lot of fun. And um, – it's it's a good time and it, we just keep growing a little bit uh, every single week. So you know, welcome to the new channel. I hope it adds um, hope it adds some more flavor to this entire spare parts universe that I've been spending many many years and uh, quite a few hiatuses. Hiatuses is that a word? Uh, building. So uh, yeah, uh, next week I'm going to be in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I don't is there. Where is the Super Bowl this year? I don't even know where that's... Is that going to be in Atlanta? That's in Atlanta, right? 
Because I... Wait, are we... Oh, we're going... Okay, so no. I'm taking off from Logan and landing directly in Fort Waterdale. So I don't have to stop off in Hartfield International. If you don't know what Hartfield International is, it is the busiest airport in the world. It's the busiest airport in the world. Uh, every time I've been there, it was, except for the exception of the last time, it was like the slowest airport, uh, the slowest airport I've ever been to. I remember taking off um, one time and it was, there was three planes in front of us taxiing and 25 planes behind us taxiing. It was a shit show, absolute shit show. Um, and they, they're, they're the, they're, they are the primary hub for Delta Airlines, one of the largest uh, airlines in the United States. It's an international airport, and it's the way it's located is it can take in all the international flights from Europe, international flights from Africa. Um, it takes in a lot of the international flights from South America, Central America. So, and of course, the entire United States, if you're making any connections from Texas or New York or the New England area or from Florida, and then of course everything else from, from the east, from the west coast, it all just it, it all just dumps into Hartfield International, and it it's it's a it's freaking nuts. It's freaking nuts the amount of planes that go through there. Um, so thankfully I don't have to take it. I'll be leaving uh, Sunday and I'll be coming back uh, that Friday. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, I will basically be heading down to Logan Airport to uh, head down to beautiful Florida. Now it's cool is. I don't really have to do much when I'm there. Uh, I basically am just landing at Fort Lauderdale, uh, getting off the plane, and just heading straight to the grocery store um, because my stipend allows me to do that. And I'm basically just going to go right to like Publix. And from there, maybe grab a coffee and head straight to the hotel after that. And my, for my, what I'm doing, basically, I only have to walk... I don't even. I don't have to take a cab. I don't have to rent a car. I don't have to do any of that. I basically, from Monday through Friday, I basically just have to walk seven minutes in downtown Fort Lauderdale to where I have to go every day, and then seven minutes back, which is amazing. It just get it's so much more room for activities. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fort Lauderdale is. If I was to choose a town to live in, in first of all, in Florida. I'm not live. I don't want to live in the East Coast. I just East Coast, West Coast of Florida. It does nothing for me. Don't get me wrong. It's it's nice. It's nice, but I don't give a rat's ass about West Coast Florida. And I was born there. I don't care about Venice. I don't care about Punta Gorda unless fishing. Um, Tampa does nothing for me. It just isn't for me. However, West Coast, East Coast Florida. You have Miami, you have the beginning of the Everglades, you can go all the way down to Key West if you want, which I guess you would tech, I don't know if you technically call that East Coast or West Coast. It starts the East Coast and then makes its way down to the West, I guess kind of the West Coast, but whatever, that's, it's Key West. Um, but on, this, on, the East, on, the, on the East Coast, you get Miami, you have Fort Lauderdale, so if you need to fly somewhere, it is kind of convenient. You have Pompano Beach, Boca Raton, um, you have my favorite spot, Palm Beach. You have uh, Del Rey Beach. You have uh, Vero Beach. You have 
Hollywood, California. You also have West Palm as well. You have, uh, and you go even farther north, you have uh, Daytona Beach. So you're killing it over there. You're killing it. So pick a spot. And this is all basically, you know, all these areas within five to ten minutes of the ocean, some of them right on it. And you can walk there. You can scooter there. You can whatever. You can get around. That's what's great about Florida and a lot of places. If you just want to stay local, that you really don't have to do much. Fort Lauderdale is cool because you can kind of walk to most of the things that you need to do. But I'm going to basically uh, be very low-key and just be chilling down there, making sure that what I'm down there to be doing, I am uh, focused on. But, you know... I mean, obviously, it's all bought and paid for, so I'm just focusing on that, taking care of that. Uh, obviously, I won't um, – next week's podcast – well, there will be this this podcast I'm doing right now, but then I won't have one next week. And I also won't be able to do any reactions um, for next week either, which is – it sucks. You know, I don't – I want to be able to continue to make content. Uh, maybe if I, if I get a chance while I'm down there to um, – Maybe shoot like a short vlog or something while I'm down there. But I'm going to be so preoccupied with uh, the training and all that stuff for when I'm down there. I'm not going to really – I don't know if I'll be able to make enough time in order to make something that's of any value. Because when I oh, – oh, I've gone down the road with my concept – with my original channel in such a way where it's very concept-oriented. It's very um, – it's deep it's it's something it's become something bigger than just going to events and shooting them it's become something more than that and um maybe it should stay that way and if you don't have something to shoot for that channel then don't shoot it let the concept or the big moment come to you or search for it or figure out how to create it uh until but you know that's Kind of where I am in that with that situation. Travel vlogs are cool though because you can do those um, at any moment. You're traveling somewhere, you just get the camera out, you get your your overall anything with a camera out, you put it all together, and you start shooting. And the music and the um, the the sound ambiance, all that when you put together put it together in the background of what you're doing, um, <clears throat> you know, really will make the uh, the video so much better it'll just it'll bring it to a whole new level but with i mean with my luck uh you know maybe alex jones is right about the 5g and uh you know right on final uh, on final approach um somebody will go to make a phone call and the next thing you know my my jet blue flight just goes crashing right into the ground <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know um uh, maybe i should write up a quick uh a quick little you know in case of my untimely departure uh, all my shit and uh, my best friend Chase goes to uh, goes to my sister, you know. So that I, maybe I should have something like that in writing. It would probably be uh, the best, probably be the best situation for me to do something like that. But um, I have to admit, Florida just you know has really come out as a, a victor in this whole goddamn mess that has been the last couple of years. And you know what? You know, I'm I know they got problems. But then again, every every place has problems. But they really have. I'm looking forward to seeing how how much truth there is to everything that has been said about what is taking place in Florida. About how free is it? We, I mean, we're up here in New England, so 
we have a mixed bag of everything to how Maine is thinking, to how New Hampshire's thinking, to how Massachusetts and Vermont are thinking. And they all think very differently. And a lot of us, and a lot of us, our states, the people of those states will tend to occupy other states and kind of uh, fuck with it, per se. You know, you know, people from New Hampshire generally don't move to Massachusetts, but um, but people from Massachusetts tend to move to New Hampshire, and that's annoying. So that is something, and, and people from New Hampshire may move to Vermont, but most likely they'll just move to Maine because they'll be like, well, fuck New Hampshire because it's gotten all massy, so we're just going to go straight to, to, to rural Maine and just disappear. That's what people are doing. A lot of people are doing that. I'm just curious to see how much longer or how much more intense that theory proves to be true. But I am curious to see because we're so far away from Florida. Who's to say we go down, we go down there and we're completely wrong. But we're going to find out. I'm going to find out in a few days and I'll have something that I'll, I'll definitely report back on what I see, at least from the Fort Lauderdale approach, because I don't know what um, the rest of the state is like. But I'm assuming that if Fort Lauderdale is this way, chances are the rest of Florida is that way. So uh, and it's cool that I, I like I said, I don't know. Where is the Super Bowl taking place? Let me go. Let's see. Super Bowl. I'm assuming what Atlanta Super Bowl. Uh, let me see here. Paul, wait, at Cincinnati, Paul Brown Stadium? Hold on a second here. Uh, get your tickets. SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles? No. You have to be kidding me. Is this thing really taking place in Los Angeles? Ugh. That can't. Really? Yeah. It's taking place in L.A. Oh my god. What are they saying about it? I don't even want to know. I have no idea. I LA is a that, now there's a shithole. God. Um So yeah, there is there is that. So thankfully I go I won't have to deal with any of that traffic per se. You know, imagine if I went down to Florida and it's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, the freaking they're having a Super Bowl there." Oh Jesus. But no, that's not the case. Um so I'm not really paying attention to that. I mean, I did see some highlights uh, about what the Bengals did, but besides, first of all, good for the congratulations to them. But I just, I don't, I'm not really paying attention to that. Um, there's, it's to me, it's just distracting from what's really going on in the world right now. Um, I, I saw the stuff with Whoopi Goldberg um, with the stupid comments she made, but then again, she's on the View, so that's stupid comments is kind of a way of life over there. Um, I don't really blame them for the stupid shit they say. I blame people for watching them. Um, so whatever, you know, they're going to say stupid shit. And guess what? There's plenty of people in the population that say stupid stuff all the time. So whatever. It's it's just more cancel culture stuff. I have been following the Rogan stuff. He hasn't put out anything this week. Um, at the time that I'm saying this, uh, Wednesday... At the time I'm saying this, he hasn't put out anything this entire week since the whole uh, Neil Young opened his his fucking stupid mouth. And he's like, uh, Spotify, blah, 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 misinformation. Let me take everything over to Amazon. All right, dude, whatever. Fucking see ya. It, it's so, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb. But once again, it's another distraction. 
you know, I'm, 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 I want to hear more content from Rogan. He hasn't put anything out this entire week. I want to hear some stuff, you know. I want to just him to move for move full flags forward. Uh, but yeah, I haven't heard anything else. He, I mean, he's been doing some shows and stuff like that. As far as like he was at the Vulcan, um, but I, I want to hear content. You know, that's one of the things I look up to him for. And um, his cancel shit. It's like cancel culture is canceling itself, and it's just it's swallowing up everything. And it's it's I don't even know. I mean, Twitter needs to cancel itself. Twitter needs to go away. I'm just kind of tired of it all. I just want to listen to content, and I, I don't want to hear about this 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 stupid shit. Um, because right now, we're with everything going on, with all this like you know insanity that's taking place with with cancel culture. Um, there's two things that you really should be paying attention to, and number one is the stock market, and number two is um, well, the trucking thing is a big deal, the Ottawa convoy. Because if you think about Let's kind of just veer over to that area for a second because, you know, I've been getting uh, articles sent to me about it. If you have thousands of trucks and thousands of people who ship goods and services all over the country, not just in Canada, but in the United States, and they're not shipping goods, and you've got – and it's thousands of trucks with routes all over North America not shipping goods and not shipping products at all. Well, how's this stuff getting to the shelves? I haven't seen kale in fucking two months. Um, so I, I I do get a little concerned because if products are not getting delivered, the price of stuff goes up, and then there's the price of that stuff, or that stuff is just not on the shelves at all. Now, as I've stated before, I've been to two shopping markets. I've been to shoe shopping centers uh, in the past few weeks. The past several weeks and i shop all the time in the morning and at night and i'm seeing the vast majority of goods on the shelves organic blueberries uh vegetables fruits uh meats dairy i'm seeing all of it on the shelves you know and then i went to the other grocery store in the lakes region they were stocked up if anything they still had turkeys did I buy another one? Yeah, of course I did. It was fucking eight dollars. How could I say no? You know, I get I still got three turkeys and one full ham in the freezer. Why not? So I ended up buying, I think I bought like two or three hams. I had two full chickens too, also. That I've been I'm, I'm crushing on them right now. Delicious. So and I had this whole ham bone left over. And I was like, ah, screw it. So I just I lit I'm like, I'm like told chase to lay down put out a towel and then i just whipped out this giant ham bone all the fats and the trimmings on it and just laid it out in front of him and he just kind of fell down he came over and just fell down the ground did that for me so with all the craziness like my fridge and my freezer being completely full and the gro the grocery stores that i have been seeing completely full question is when does that come to an end there's products coming out of these farms, products coming out of these in, uh, industrial factories, but who's there to pick them up? Who's there to deliver them? It's a question worth asking, and yeah, that can cause a lot of strain on the stock market. It can cause a lot of strain on companies that require these trucking companies to get the shit over to these places. And if that's not happening, uh-oh. Um, it is fascinating how much power the truckers actually have, though. 
And I am definitely, I officially, uh, on the record, as rooting for them. I do support what they're doing. I believe in um, why they're doing it. And I have absolutely no respect for the Prime Minister uh, of Canada. I think he's just a fucking fuckboy. Um, I have no respect for him. But, like I said, it's another factor to take into place. It's like, when you look at the market right now, which is teeter-tottering on the brink of disaster, Kevin Pathrath has been talking about it. He was, if you don't know who he is, he's Meet Kevin on um, YouTube. And he's also been, um, he also ran for governor of California. And he went up against um, Larry Elder. And both of them had a legitimate chance of becoming governor. But there's just too many fucking stupid people in California. But he's definitely concerned. As a matter of fact, he sold... From what he says, he sold his entire portfolio, and he's definitely concerned about a significant uh, 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 bear, a hard curve coming into this year's market, a lot of pain. And from what everything that I see, um, I don't think it's clickbait. Like right now, the market kind of did okay today, and it did pretty good the past couple days. Uh, but I think these are just light futures, uh, just trading up for some reason because of a hard, hard dip. But when you take into, when you factor in that people are still not going back to work, so bad jobs report, the price of inflation is, has continued to escalate and is getting worse. You have, uh, actual foreign tensions with Ukraine and Russia. That thing is still, it's still a thing. You still have problems over in Taiwan and China. You have other issues as far as like protests going on in Europe, although the a lot of them have been uh, subsiding. Like for example, we talked about last week how uh, Great Britain got rid of all of its mandates, how the, Never the Netherlands has gotten rid of, I believe, all of its mandates. Quote me, correct me if I'm wrong. And Denmark said, "Fuck it, we're done with COVID completely. Let's go live our lives." And now other. And then the other countries are still protesting. You know, that's what France does. The price of butter has gone up. We must riot. So the thing is, with all this stuff going on, people not wanting to go back back to work. The price of shit going up. What do you think? When, when, when The price of stuff going up. Okay, so we're not going to go out or we can't afford to do all this other stuff. We have to spend – we have to focus our money on, you know, amenities, the things that we actually need. You know, like food, water, gas, electric, um, you know, paying our bills. We need the money because the price has gone up for everything. So we're not going to – we're not going out for pizza this week or, or, or what have you. Or we're not buying ice cream or something like that. And that can cause a chain reaction because then all of a sudden, you know, profits are down with these companies and then whatever else they happen to sell. And then you also have people like – you know, honey, we have this house, and I'm just some of this stuff. I'm kind of now. I'm just sort of like ranting or you know, theorizing about, but it has truth in it. Where it's like, honey, we have this house, and uh, things have gotten kind of expensive here. Maybe we should consider downsizing. Now, where do they decide to downsize? So, do they leave the market that they're currently in, or do they stay in it and maybe just downsize a little bit? Either way, it's still considering selling a house. And there's more houses coming up on the market in our area. Absolutely. Uh, Vermont has a lot of houses for sale. Uh, New Hampshire has, honestly, oddly enough, more houses are coming up for sale each and every day. And then you have the idea of 
rates going up. Now, are rates going up a good thing? Yes, it slows down uh, borrowing. It kind of evens out the market. But when markets went up in, in uh, uh, 2018 and when two, and they, you know, the market had an adverse reaction, so it can cause prices to drop. And when you slow down borrowing, depending upon how much people how much people were actually borrowing to begin with. So how much borrowing was going on when we brought rates near zero? Well, how much is it going to come to is rate is borrowing going to slow down? The big companies going to slow down borrowing or is it going to come to a screeching halt? And remember, when rates went up in, in the 2006, 2007, 2008, I mean, that the market was crippled. Now, there was an outlying factor in subprime mortgages and the amount of defaults that were taking place. That's not supposedly not happening this time. But what other factors are going to cause this thing to slide out? Now, you can have things like margin calls. So you have if you have margin calls. That's basically a stock market way of saying, hey, uh, time's up. Where's my money? Uh, I don't have it. Oh, you don't? Well, guess what's going to happen to you? So. If a lot of margin calls start happening because people are cleaning up their books and they're saying, you know what, these assets are actually only worth X. And, well, you've invested Y. Well, shit, I better go get my money because it, chances are these, this market's going to tank. So one person goes and gets their money and then the fear starts to set in. And the next thing you know, everybody's running for the exit and the market just goes. Next thing you know, the uh, stock market uh, circuit breakers, there's three of them. There's like a 15-minute one, an hour-long one, or I think a 30-minute one. And then there's one that just shuts down the market for the entire day. There's that one to take into consideration. And circuit breakers are a good thing, but it's also a sign of significant fear, which is a bad thing. So when the circuit breakers go off, it's fucking bad news. And a lot of other things can take into account. You know, our president's half dead. The president in, in uh, the prime minister in, in, uh, in France is a dumbass. The one in Britain is a dumbass. The one in Australia is a dumbass. The one in Canada is a dumbass. So we got a lot of dumbasses running around pretending like they're actually running the country when in fact they're not. We're printing way too much fucking money. We've got way too many other factors such as inflation, such as a bad jobs report, consumer price index, um, tensions in Russia, tensions in fucking uh, in Taiwan, overall tensions in the United States when it comes to uh, what kind, what states are doing what? The idea about COVID, that whole narrative, the trucking issue. It's how many other factors do you need until things just start to until things have a significant correction? I see it. I, I think we're, the the market is starting to run out of gas. You can't just have zero rate a zero percent raise forever. You eventually have to stop some type of bleeding, but. Are you going to stop the bleeding by cutting another part of the body? I don't know. But I do think it's like nobody wants to go back to work. Um, the whole mandate thing was significant. And though a lot of those reports have not come out yet. So I'm, I'm wondering, it's like, when is it going to happen? But I see it already starting to happen. I'm watching the curve in the market. And we've had a short recovery, but the question is, Right now we're kind of in like that, dull, not the doldrums, but we're in like purgatory waiting game in February. How long? February is a short month, so we tanked at the end of January. Now we're coming into February, 
it was kind of a good, kind of a good couple days because rates are generally good for REITs, mortgage, uh, real estate income trusts. Um, but if there's too many bad factors in the market, there's too many bad actors in the market. It doesn't matter if, if that's actually good for uh, the economy. Shit can still tank, and if shit tanks, well, that's going to affect people's 401ks. People invest people's investment going forward. Crypto is now also a significant factor this time around in the stock market. And crypto has uh, a lot of the major cryptos have lost about 30 to 40 percent of their top value. They've come back down to earth. A lot of the smaller cryptos, Doge and Shiba Inu and um, I don't know, fucking Doja Cat, you know, shipping or whatever, they've all taken significant beatings that's people's money so how is this going to play out with all this stuff going on how is it going to play out because at the end of the day you do want to be able to make decisions that are in your yourself and your family's best behalf and you want to make sure you're not following these other distractions like like rogan like whoopi goldberg like the convoy even though the convoy is an actual factor these things do – some of them don't really have they're, – they're there, but at the end of the day, they are distracting. They are celebrity topics that uh, you can maybe weigh – You, if you're a podcaster or a person who does want to weigh in on them, you can. But how much actual f weight does it have when it comes to the actual market and you trying to secure your future for yourself? Now, is there opportunities to make money when there's blood in the streets? Absolutely. You can make money and start to, and invest in the things you want to make money before the shot, first shot's even fired. Um, I've discussed it in the past, too. But, yeah, you can bet against the market. And right now, it's looking like a good time to do so again. I made some money uh, a few weeks back because I was betting against the market. I did it twice, and I was right twice. And I just basically – I also just went uh, almost completely cash at this point because I am seeing significant red flags. Like we had a huge breakout year in 2021 and, and uh, 2000, at the end of 2020 to two, all the way through 2021. But what was it based on? What's the truth about all of it? Was it just free money getting thrown into the market at a borrowing rate of near zero? And – now maybe – and everything was so accelerated. Maybe things are coming back down to earth. Maybe the party's over. And you need to be – and you need to be cognizant of that. And you need to be prepared for it. And now how, how can you be prepared for it? A bug out bag, loose cash, and an, and an ability to be like, okay, if the market's – do I think the market's going to open up because for, for rent, for real estate – for real estate, I don't know. Not yet. Not yet. For rent, yes, I think so. Because we're coming into a situation where school is going to be out in April slash May. So you're going to have all these uh, private dorms and uh, additional towns, surrounding towns, that had college kids staying there. They're going to be getting out. Their leases are going to be up. And you just have also the following... People may be switching jobs, switching careers, going back to work, working from home, moving, blah, blah, blah. 
in the area around April, May, uh, their leases are going to be up. Maybe they're moving out somewhere. Maybe they're going somewhere else. So you're going to be adding that on top of it. So there's going to be availability for, th for things. You just have to keep an eye on it. Like I said, if you focus on something long enough, you're going to see the openings that allow you to succeed. And that's how I got this place. And I'll be making, and obviously I'll be making another move uh, coming up early uh, in a few months. But these things you focus on, and eventually you start to see the patterns that are laid out in front of you. Now, how is that going to factor into the market this year? Well, obviously, if there's availab availabilities, there's not enough people to fill them, or if the market tanks for some reason and people can't afford these places, or I don't know. There's so many what ifs. There's so many red flags. So what's going to be that one catalyst, that one um, assassination of the Archduke Ferdinand that puts us into crisis mode? Now, is everybody going to be in crisis mode? No. There'll be, there's always uh, a, a amount of people that see the opportunities. And it is, at the end of the day, one person's dilemma is another person's opportunity to take advantage of the situation and uh, come out on top and come out significantly ahead. So you have to focus on these things because just sitting around and watching Netflix is not going to get you anywhere. It really isn't. It really, really isn't. And spending is up. Don't get me wrong. I've been I've been a little bit of a, a spender uh, when it comes to like maybe buying some new clothes for whatever reason or uh, making sure that my groceries are well taken care of, making sure that Chase has all the stuff he needs so that his tummy's full and his heart is full. Right, buddy? Yeah. So... Uh, but the only thing I've been doing uh, when it comes to spending and you know being a consumer of goods is making sure that I'm um, staying true to the the pledge that I made to you guys and to myself that if I'm going to buy, I'm not going to buy from these countries that I have stated um, earlier, the countries that have maybe you know pushed for mandates or lockdowns or are just shitty countries. So like. Um, countries that I've, I, I, or places that I listed as boycotting Australia, Germany, Britain, Austria, China, Canada, Italy, Indonesia, France, Greece, California, New York City, Illinois, and Boston. Now, who am I taking off this list? Actually, I'm taking off Britain. Because Britain basically ditched all their mandates because their freaking uh, prime minister got caught with his pants down. Now, the other places like Australia, yeah, Australia, I still got beef with. Germany, yeah, they have huge protests going on right now, so I'm not buying any, consuming any shit from them. Um, now, I don't get me wrong, like, yeah, I got new, new threads and stuff. Now, I did. I even looked at the socks. I'm like, all right, were the socks made in China? Okay. I was like, I was looking at Van Heusen. All their socks were made in China. I'm like, great. But I looked at Haynes and I was like, all right, where are these for? I might as well look. El Salvador? Sign me up. So, bought some new socks. El Salvador. Grabbed some new clothes. I'm like, where were these made? Bangladesh. It's not China. Might as well. So, these are things that you can do. It's just take a few minutes out of, out, out of your shopping to make sure that what you're looking at is made in places that you don't have problems with. And you know what? It does... It makes your wardrobe in interesting for sure that you know that when you're buying shit, it, it's it's not from a place that uh, kills Uyghurs. Um, so that makes me feel better. Um, and all these other uh, all the other places that I named, it's like yeah, they can kick rocks for now. 
So I'm not going to support that shit in any way, shape, or form. But um, these are all considerations to take into account when watching the shit show that is the stock market, the shit show that is the state of the world, and how do you prepare for, how do you plan for things going south? And that's my things that I, this is the things I've been focusing on. Making sure that I have enough money if I can, if I need to go somewhere or do something, and uh, planning my next angle of attack and making sure I have enough gear, making sure that we're protected, uh, all these things, uh, all these things that I, I've been focusing on. And I do now. In conclusion, on this part, uh, I do think there's a huge correction coming, huge correction, a downward slope in the stock market, because I don't uh, see prices going down anytime soon for any reason we still have a back we're still fucking uh low on supply of a lot of different things that are slowing down delivery time um which is causing prices to go up because the demand's through the freaking roof i just see i just still see that as a massive issue and with the raising of uh of interest rates coming most likely in march i think that's going to put more pain on the market and then there's going to be other factors like people not willing to go, wanting to go back to work and the CPI index just continuing to escalate. These are things that tap in, throw in a couple, you know, humanitarian crises, some boycotts and some whatever else you can think of. And poof, eventually the, you know, the levy breaks and the flood occurs. And what the hell happens next after that i don't know but all you can do is focus on taking care of yourself so we're at 35 minutes let's go ahead and close up shop with some q a like i said the rogan thing i hope he's coming back uh to to do more content because i love his content i love his content i love that he has he brings us a lot of information and um i love his his guests are very interesting so i want to see more shit from him the view goldberg don't fucking care it's not something i watch um, I don't find her to be an intelligent person, but it's don't I just don't give a shit beyond that at all. So, what I do give a shit about though is Q and A because I didn't do Q and A last week. So I want to finish up with some strong ones and then we'll get out of here for this week. And then I am off to FLA. <clears throat> By the way, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com/slash/donate. Any amount is appreciated. I saw that there was a oh I saw that there was um. There was a couple nurses who were arrested in New York for selling like 1.5 million. I think it was, was it one and a half million uh, vaccine cards? Just like selling them like, you know, streetwise. So you're telling me that there's 1.5 million people that are just using vax cards. Maybe not even vaccinated just to go throughout New York City. Good luck with that. They say you're. 95% vaccinated. Well, apparently not, because that's half the population of Manhattan. Anyways, am I a jerk for asking my girlfriend not to wear a, quote, gay rat wedding themed dress to my friend's wedding? My girlfriend uh, has a very particular sense of style. Picture Harley Finkel from Wizards of Waverly Place. Never seen it, so I'm not going to get the idea. Don't get me wrong, I never had a problem with that, in fact. I love the way she dresses because she loves to do so. And I'm happy if she's happy. The thing is, sometimes she likes to incorporate memes into her clothes. No problem, it's cute. But now she wants to wear a dress inspired on the meme gay rat wedding. To my friend's wedding. He and his fiance are gay. I told her maybe that is not really appropriate. So the dress in question would be a little 
would be full of little stuffed rats, pride flags, and uh, support, and a big I support gay rats on the front. My friend is not a big fan of the way my girlfriend dresses, and I think this dress may cause a certain uproar in the wedding. Now Nat is upset with me, claiming that I'm throwing water in her flame of creativity. The wedding's next month, so she has plenty of time to think about another thing to wear. Should I just let her go with the dress? Um. Well, I mean, it, it, look, the wedding is not about... The wedding, I've stated before, and I still believe in this. The wedding is never about the party. The wedding is always about the bride and groom. That's it. The two people committing to a, a long-term relationship with one another are the ones who have the say on everything in the wedding. So if they have a problem with one of the guests, then the actual guest has to concede to the, to the people who are actually getting married. I think that's just customary. I think that's traditional. I'm, I'm a... I'm of that per of that mindset. So I think it's very black and white in this scenario where this woman needs to be like, yo, these two people are getting married. I need to support them and I need to dress to their request. And I think that's as simple as that. Let's move on to the next one. Should I tell my employee I know she's been bad mouthing me since she found out I'm giving a baby a name she likes? My wife is 12 weeks pregnant with our first child. We just made our, her pregnancy public to everyone. Uh, I manage a staff of nine. One of them is up, is upset because she heard me answer another staff member's question about whether we have a chosen whether we have chosen a name. We have chosen a name that we can be either given to a boy or a girl or has significance to both of our families. My staff member is upset because she wants to use the same name when she has kids. She currently she is not currently pregnant and said. There are no immediate plans for kids in the future. Even if she were pregnant, I don't see why using the name means she can't. Ever since she heard me answer the question, she's been cold and hubby towards me. She won't talk to me unless she has uh, no other choice. Let me pop these up on the screen. Sorry. I don't remember people on the rumbles and on the YouTubes. She's currently If she were pregnant, I don't see why she can't use the name. Ever since she heard me answer the question, she's been huffy, cold and huffy towards me. She won't talk to me unless she has no other choice. And some of my other staff came to me telling me she, because she's telling everyone who works here what a bad boss I am. However, she continues to complete all her work properly, be professional and warm to clients, arrive on time, etc. I don't know if I can or should do anything because her work is up to par. The name won't change, so I'm not sure how to address this with my staff member. Um, well... If there's no problem with her work performance, I guess just leave it alone. She doesn't like you. All right. A lot of people don't like me. So who gives a shit? So I would just kind of be like, all right, well, as long as we're still doing a job, doing the job as a company, everything's getting accomplished, then whatever. I'll play the heel if you want to call it that. Now, if it does kill work morale with other people and they start to bring it up, then pull the trigger on it and be like, yo, girl, what the fuck? Until then, I just keep leave it a status quo. As long as work morale does not suffer, you just continue on with your day. And good luck with your pregnancy, by the way. Go on to the next one. How do I survive visits with a daughter-in-law who never cooks or cleans? What do you do if you don't like your daughter-in-law? Mine is a self-absorbed slob. As for an example, she once made a comment laughingly that she never dusts, which is true. She never cleans. They live about a four-hour drive from me, and I love my grandchildren, so 
So try to visit the weekend maybe once uh, every four or five weeks. They live in an apartment and they have bugs. Yuck. And when I do visit, she never cooks, never even suggests what she makes for dinner. I spend a fortune on takeout or else take up all the food for us and do the cooking myself. I might even have kind of an attitude that she never thanks me for anything. One of the few positive things I can say is that my granddaughters and daughters love her. I love her for that reason, but I just don't like her. And I feel like not visiting, but that would hurt the rest of the family. Can you say anything to help me get through the rest of my life? Um, hmm. Well, okay. She's self-absorbed, but the granddaughters and daughters love her. Well, it's not your home. It's not your problem. So what are we doing here? They live in an apartment. They have bugs. Okay. Uh, when I do visit, she never cooks. All right. Whatever. So make an, uh, make a, uh, what do you call it? Try to figure something out for that. Okay. Order out. I don't know what to tell you. Um, she never cleans. Okay. Now she, okay. A few positive things I could say is granddaughters and daughters love her. Okay. There you go. Um, she's a kinder attitude. I might even have a kinder attitude, but she never th even thanks me for anything. Okay. Well, I don't know. It's just, it sounds like there's more to this than what's being said, but it, yeah, if she is a slob and everything like that. That's not something you're going to change. I have to be honest with you. It's not something you're going to change. This, However, it might be brought up in time, but if the granddaughters and the daughters love her, it's not a battle you'd want to take up. So you may just kind of want to figure out ways to work around this and call it, call it a day. Do uh, soon enough. How can I convince my wife not to grill our not to grill our busy adult daughter about where she keeps random gifts and heirlooms? Oh boy. Our daughter, son-in-law, and grandchildren live in another part of the country. So we are only able to see them a few times a year. On our most recent visit, my uh, wife uh, asked my daughter where she kept some of the nice expensive gifts they had been given to them by friends of ours. My daughter wasn't sure, pointing out that they have a large house and the wedding gifts. Oh, nice. They're not something they use with they uh, they use with that with four five young children. She wasn't sure where they were. Next thing you know, my wife has disappeared to hunt for the wedding gifts. When I find her, she was unpacking boxes in another part of the house looking for them. Why more important than helping with the grandchildren and enjoying time with the family? I don't know. I don't. I know I would not be happy if anybody you know, again looking through blah blah blah. Uh, I hope she let the matter drop. Instead, the next day she quizzed my daughter about. All right, what? All right, okay. This, uh, my wife maintains she has a right to see the wedding gifts and heirlooms connection with them. Okay. This is some annoying grandparent shit. This is stuff that can't happen. So, yeah. You know what? Sometimes you buy gifts for people and it just doesn't pan out. It's not something, it's, it's, it's on you. You bought a gift that, although probably nice, is not really set up to be displayed or used or, I don't know. It's just, it's not as time to shine. So you don't display everything. You kind of keep it safe and hidden. They're just gifts. Not every gift I give is a knock is, is, a, is a, a knockout. You just do the best you can and you keep it simple and they appreciate that you were thinking of them and that's about it. But you shouldn't be rooting around somebody's house, house for 
stuff that they don't want displayed or they just packed away for some reason. It's like, who gives a shit? The fact that you're looking for these things to want to know where they are, it's like... I mean, if they're that important to family heirlooms, then it would have been understood they would have been on display. But in this case, I'm not so sure. So I think there's a real problem with your wife. And I think that's right there. And you as a husband needs to kind of... You're the other person in this relationship. Step your game up. Let's do one more. Let's see. Is it a red flag when your boyfriend exchanges birthday and Christmas presents with his best friend? I started dating somebody about four months ago, and things have been going great. I knew from the beginning he had a female best friend and was comfortable with this. I was comfortable. Okay. But I keep learning new information that makes me uncomfortable. The most recent was that they exchange both Christmas and birthday gifts every year. I understand that sentiment when you are 20 years old, but as you grow, your relationship changes. Your priority should now be your romantic relationship and your family. Okay. He is a partner. I feel it responsible, and I feel it is his responsibility to celebrate these things with her. Okay. I understand celebrating milestones and achievements, but the necessary gift giving multiple times a year seems way too intimate for just friends. Argument made. My boyfriend has said he she always initiates it and he only sends gifts back because he doesn't like getting gifts and not returning them. It's my opinion that she has feelings for him. Well, a relationship is a voluntary is a voluntary thing. So you made a choice to be in a relationship. He made a choice to be in a relationship. He obviously has friends outside of there. Now, granted, did could they have a past? It's possible. Now, the whole fr- having a female friend thing, well, would they have dated? Is she trying to date him? Does she like you? That's the thing. He chose you, not her. He's dating you and not her. So how does the question is, how does she treat you? So the question, another question is, how do you treat her? You can give gifts. You can give gifts. I know it's a, it's a complicated thing, but you can, if you don't have a reason, there's no reason not to trust her. If he screws up, then he screws up and the relationship's over. You end it and you move on. But if you are just uncomfortable and you can't get around the fact that there are two people that do exchange gifts, then... It might be your thing to just have to get out of it and call it a day because you just can't handle it. Now, I could totally understand where you're coming from as far as, okay, the, the especially coming from me, where there may be something going on on the side. But he chose you, and you have to respect who his friends are, and, and that's it, and not be upset about it, and not, and for God's sakes, not make it a bigger deal than it is because you have no you have no evidence. You have no evidence to go on. So the thing is, is I had evidence, legitimate evidence, and it turned out to be true. You don't have ev- any evidence. You just have two people who have respect for one another each other giving each other gifts. And yet they chose you. So, you have no evidence. Therefore, you have no reason not to trust this person. And until they give you a reason, this 
this is and this is not a reason you need to respect it and continue on with the relationship and if it is going great try to keep that going okay try to keep that going that's that's my thoughts on the situation there no no don't get me wrong you're gonna fuck it up you're gonna you are you're gonna you're gonna fuck it up things are gonna fall apart and uh that's gonna be that i'm just saying if you did have a brain in your head um you would you did not but you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna screw it up you're gonna say something that's gonna piss him off and 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 she's gonna come swooping in for the kill and that's gonna be that and you're gonna be alone again that's how it's gonna go i mean in a perfect world you know this there'd be some sense talked into you but it's not gonna happen you're gonna screw it up this is gonna fall apart and he's gonna blame you for it and he's gonna have every reason to so good luck uh, we are at about 50 minutes. I'm going to close up shop for this week, and then I'm going to go ahead and uh, get ready for my uh, my flight. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for listening, watching, and subscribing, and uh, all my people on my new channels. If you have questions, concerns, comments, you can email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. Um, uh, client work, uh, video work, audio work, you can always email me directly. You can also hit me up through my website in the contact section. There's also the affiliate links that are in that contact section. If you're looking to get some free stocks, go ahead and do so with the Weeble app that um support is easy positive sarcasm.com slash donate any amount is appreciated uh but in the meantime hoping to hear from rogan again want more podcasts come on get on it let's go Spotify didn't pay you 100 million dollars just to have nothing going on this week i want more content rogan bring it but in the meantime thank you for listening watching and subscribing and i'll talk to you all uh when i get back from florida okay record here from the sandbox this has been a positive sarcasm presentation.